In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. From the National Press Building in Washington, D.C., this is your Corporate Crime Reporter Morning Minute for Friday, February 7, 2020. I'm Russell Mokhyber. The Massachusetts Attorney General has fined Chipotle Mexican Grill $1.37 million for an estimated 13,000 child labor violations and other state wage and hour law violations at its more than 50 corporate-owned locations in Massachusetts. The Attorney General issued four citations against Chipotle for violating the child labor and earned sick time laws, failing to make timely payment of wages and records violations. Chipotle is a major national restaurant chain that employs thousands of young people across the country, and it has a duty to ensure minors are safe working in its restaurant, said A.G. Mora Healy. We hope these citations send a message to other fast food chains and restaurants that they cannot violate our child labor laws and put young people at risk, she said. For the Corporate Crime Reporter, I'm Russell Mulcarver. All right. So some black women in hip hop history. Let's keep moving it forward. Shit has been fucking tough with the goddamn work schedule. Phoenix Cleeter with her work schedule with Swap. But here we are with some Mia X going to play some hip hop audio and some interview actions from Mia X. Get you to know her a little better. Uh, doing hip hop history, black women in the hip hop history. It is Black History Month, but I think I just want to kind of keep taking this on and I just want to make it parts of regular shows like a regular news segment but it'll be black women in hip-hop history segments so let's check out some mia x chuck africa goes home for over 40 years chucky africa of the famed move nine veteran of the move confrontation of august 8 1978 has been imprisoned in state joints across pennsylvania serving what is arguably an illegal sentence of 30 to 100 years for a third-degree murder conviction. Several days ago, he walked out of prison and went home. Chuck, the youngest of the Move 9, was one of the feistiest members. During the 80s, he was on the boxing team and went around the state trying guys' chins. He was a devastating puncher in and out the ring. When he was at Dallas State Penitentiary, a white-shirted officer disrespected him, and Chuck knocked him out cold. Over the years, he spent time studying history, black history, and world history. He taught what he learned to other prisoners. Finally, Chucky Africa goes home, the last of the Move Nine, from Imprisoned Nation. This is Mumia Abu Jamal. 
These commentaries are recorded by Noel Hanrahan of Prison Radio. Father Teresa's wine cellar is rated R for keeping it real. It's Hood Rich Radio. It's the voice of DJ Scream right here. Moran, what's up? We got a special guest in the building. Man, my yeah. bucket list is going fast. Congratulations. I, I need to stay here, man. It's going pretty fast, though. But <laughs> definitely got to give a round of applause for Mia X hey, in the building. Representing, representing, representing. Y'all see that smile? She got Classic. A, yes, bro. She got on a, is that a dashiki? What you rocking? What you rocking? He's very Keeps colorful. Me nice and cool. The very... way my high flash is set up. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Cool. And I'm, I'm going to let you know, and, it's, and it's, it's major salute to all the female MCs out there. You have the only, in my opinion, I'm entitled to my opinion, classic female rap album. Classic. Like how Nas Illmatic and mm-hmm. whatever. I'm, that's just my opinion. Oh. I just want to put it out there. I just want to put it out there. And there's a lot of dope female artists, right? Yes, but I many, feel like many, when they talk about female artists, then they need to big up the female artists from the South, namely Mia X. Word. So Thank I'm going to give you that love so just in case much. they don't do it. Because oh, I, I don't see TV shows and documentaries. I'm like, y'all ain't going to put Mia X on there? Yeah, it's like you. it really does come off like you get left out a lot, honestly. I know, and I wonder why, because I wrote all my stuff. Mm. Right. Well, maybe if you didn't write it. Then they'll love you. I thought about that, and I actually said that one time. Right. I was like, okay, so top female MCs, I'm always left out, but I wrote my, I wrote some of the boys' stuff too. Oh wow! Well, what did you write? So. Oh, wow. What did you That's write? confidential. I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. I'm sure you can read the credits. Oh, yeah, yeah. And figure yeah, it out. You can read yeah, the credits. Right. And you can kind of like listen a little bit mm-hmm. to when um, flows change. Because mm. that's how I pinpoint. Um, mm. Writers, because everybody has a style, mm-hmm. and even if you give the words to someone else, mm-hmm. I can listen for things and say like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay." Like, um, I knew Fiend did on the Jay Z record. Show me what you got, little mm-hmm. mama. Mm-hmm. Show me what you got, pretty lady. Mm-hmm. I heard his. I can still hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just hear things. So, but yeah, I'm sometimes I'm like, "Oh, they ain't say me." But we're going to say you. We're going to say you. Yes, because you were part of a lot of legendary things, you know, to be a woman that was a part of a hip-hop imprint in the South. Something yeah. that wasn't, you know, seen before y'all. So. And then how, how how was that? Like, because there weren't a lot of female rappers from the South. So did, did when you were approaching that, well, you kind, you kind of had a rough upbringing, right? So. Well, no. Well, you had some time. Well, I don't know. I read about you potentially. Have you ever sold drugs? Okay, so you had a rough upbringing. You don't just sell <laughs> no, drugs. If you I did to... not have a rough upbringing. Let me tell you, because a lot of kids do this, and, okay. and now that I'm a mother of grown-ups, right. I totally get it. 
there's a time where um, your parents can instill everything that they're supposed to instill in you. And then you make the choice to jump off the porch and run another direction. Mm. And so that's basically what I did. Mm -hmm. I jumped off the porch and ran a whole nother direction um, because my mother was uh, very smart, very conscious, very community involved, very pro black. Mm. You know, we had the line of Judah flag hanging from our house way in the seventies. Wow. wow, mom and them was dread since the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, my sister is an infectious disease specialist. Okay. And a doctor of molecular genetics okay. and internal medicine. So no, no, I really didn't. I had a really great upbringing. Right. And um, I jumped off the porch gotcha. and 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 went around the stuff that I grew up around. Because, mm. of course, I did grow up in the hood. Right. But um, my household wasn't hood. Gotcha. Except for when I was by my grandma. So did you get any <laughs> static or smoke from the family when you was like, hey, I'm about to roll with the tank and no limit and be a part of this rap collective? Did they support it or was it some smoke? Mm, well, see, I had already put a record out in 92 and had did tens and tens and tens of thousands of records. So okay. In New Orleans and in a lot of places, Texas and Florida, mm-hmm. I had already uh, made my mark and was doing concerts. So I didn't. We didn't know who Master P was in New Orleans right. because he was in California, Richmond, right? And we wasn't really familiar with the records. But when he came to New Orleans, he had heard about me, so we he linked up. Yeah, mm. and then I drafted the entire tank. Word. Mm. That's hard. So what was the vibe in the scene like back then? Like, did were, were you like, did, did you get love from the other female artists from that time? Did they ever reach out and say, hey, we see you or we salute you or we want to do music with you? Or was everything kind of isolated? Like, were you, because I don't remember you doing a lot of features or having a lot of features on your music. It seemed like it was just you, which made it even doper, but it seemed like it was just Mia. And if, um, and, you say when seemed, I dropped a uh, good girl gone bad and a lady liking all that? All that. Well, um, it wasn't feature heavy, right? It wasn't feature heavy because uh, when I recorded Good Girl Gone Bad, I had moved to California. Okay, I really didn't know anybody, but I I did on Good Girl Gone Bad collaborate. Shout out to Sugar T. Shout out to Sugar T. And the Conscious Daughters. The Conscious Daughters. So yeah, we did a hard record. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, um, yeah. So I did. And then when I dropped on Ladylike, mm-hmm. I collaborated with Foxy yes. and, and P. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any collaborations on Mama Drama because we was in the middle of shooting. I got the hookup. And right. I had 10 days. I had already recorded four songs, but I had 10 days to write the other 16 and record them to come out in the time that I wanted to come out. Wow. So that's why I didn't get um, any collaborations with, you know, more ladies. Okay. That was the only reason. It was it was a work schedule. Okay. okay. All right. And how do you feel about the female wave of artists currently? I love it. Like, ooh, I love it. Especially home. We have two girls at home, uh, Bricky for president and 3D Nati. Okay. They are my children, and they are like beasts. I will put them up against anybody. Mm. Like, yeah, with my savings. They like wow. beasts. Wow. And um, of course, I love Rhapsody. Yeah. I love, 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 love her. My son just did a, a record with her, Dope. and oh my goodness, I absolutely love her. But I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, I feel like this. I don't tell the kids what type of music to make. I don't tell them what their subject matter should be about. 
Because in when I dropped in 92, mm-hmm. when I dropped in 95, when I dropped in 97, 98, I didn't want nobody to tell me how to do my stuff. Mm-hmm. So I really don't... Um, I really don't have a past judgment on whatever it is they're doing because right. everybody got to do what makes them feel comfortable. Right. The only thing I say is, you know, the music you make, once you make it, you make it. It's dead and forever. So, right. When I, when I made my first record, I was 22 years old. You know, I, I got a 30-year-old, so I ain't going to tell you my age, wow. but I, I wasn't no little baby when I Give had. Give it for me, ask for aging gracefully. Hey. You know, we would never know. But Black I'm saying, you just got to be Black proud. So when you get... 50, 51, 52, 50, you still got to be proud of those records that you made. Right. So that's the only thing I tell them. You know, whatever, you, whatever you're whatever doing, stand on it. Mm. So how do your kids react when they hear your verse? Don't make them say, uh. Uh, so my son, he likes all my stuff. My daughter is um kind of nerdy. So, <laughs> you know, she's like, yeah, mom, you really have a potty mouth and I'm like I do <laughs> you know my nieces and nephews they are shocked because mm-hmm. I'm TD Mia or Mimi mm-hmm. and I bake cookies and right. you know do projects with <laughs> yeah. them so then when their mama say oh no let me show you who she really is and pull up YouTube and stuff they like Mimi you really said that <laughs> you know that's what's up hey. now that brings us to this book me X, things my grandma told me, things my grandma showed me, a cookbook and memoir. Okay. Now, I'm very excited about the memoir, but I am very excited about this cookbook. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how this all came about. So, um, my grandmother was a real OG. I threw that bullet and bowed it because that's what she did. Okay. She loaned money, and, um... When she was giving you the money, she had this these shelves on the side of her bed, and she had this satin sack, and it was full of bullets. Mm-hmm. And she would take it, and she would toss you the bullet and tell you, now, if you don't bring me my money back, I'm wow. going to see if you catch the next one. She had two pistols in her purse. She had a pool ball in a sock, a rock wrapped in frill paper, <laughs> and extra, extra, extra dope hands. So you brought her money back. You know, and about it, I didn't really have like a a script to follow. So yeah. we were playing things by ear, and we really was shooting dice. And I thought that would be cool to do that to skull, you know. Yeah. And I knew my grandma would like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, but she would say some really profound things, mm. like really, y'all don't curse on here. You can curse. You just know, ready on Oh, good. Let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> So my grandmother, growing up, you know, we thought we were cute little girls. And, you know, when you start getting interested in boys and, you know, we primping and prancing. And she like, well, your pussy don't make him stay and make him skeet. The way that his heart is not through your drawers, Mm. you know. And, like, when we would get mad because friends wouldn't play with us and, you know, we would be in our feelings wanting them to play with us. And y'all running behind all them children, you kiss enough ass, your face will eventually smell like shit. Wow. And, you know, uh, when you say you can't turn a hoe into a housewife, she'll say, well, you can't turn a party wiener into a faithful husband either. Oh, wow. So she says so many things, and so many people would laugh and come and hang on to her every word as well as eat her food. Mm -hmm. So most of the time things was happening in the kitchen. She taught us to cook because she said it was a survival tactic. Mm -hmm. She was a lady that... uh, was raised during the Depression, mm-hmm. and she said when the soup lines was on and it got to the black people, it was always soup gone. Mm-hmm. So we had to be resourceful. 
So she explained to me why a lot of people in the South eat a lot of wild food and different things because there was no room for them on a soup line. Right. So therefore, they would go to the swamp. So you catching alligators and mm. everything else, and you learning to perfect the craft mm-hmm. to cook. And so for us, it was it was a survival tactic, um, not to make you like this dutiful little housewife or whatever. Right. The men and the women in my family had to know how to cook. But because she was funny and she said a lot of profound things and mm. she was a giver and a gangster, I decided to pen my memoir and I talk about everything. I got in the kitchen with her in 75 mm. and she passed in 2001. Mm. So I decided to just write everything down from when I put my very first record out to when I met P, uh, moved to California, worked with No Limit and everything about, you know, my childhood, when I had children, mm. um, jumping in the game, and and my grandmother, her her thing was okay. You getting in this here, <laughs> you riding with these people doing this. If you get caught and you rat on them, don't call me. Wow, your grandma taught you no snitching. Other than that, you can call me because you making this choice mm-hmm. to ride with these people. Mm-hmm. If you ain't built for it, don't get in the car, you wow. know. Wow. So um, she would always just keep it like a million. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like it was time. When I first started writing a book, it was 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Several people read the book and they loved it, but they felt it wasn't the time. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, especially people in television and film, they told me the direction that we was about to go in. Like um, in 2005, everybody was like, you know what? Um... We're about to enter, like, this really ratchet age of television, and I don't think they're going to be ready for the ratchetness that you have because there's so much truth in it, and it actually is a character builder, and it's not destructive. Right. And we're about to move into this destructive wave, and so you're going to have to sit this out until the wave passes. And now I feel like the time is right. I, I knew it was right because the anniversary of my grandmother's death I found all my copyrights, my publishing papers, uh, like everything. And I was like, yeah, this is gold. Mm. So I, I dropped the uh, book Essence Weekend, and yeah. I was one of Essence's best-selling authors. Congratulations. That's amazing. Man, shout out to that me is simply grandma, amazing. man. She <laughs> sounds like amazing. a legend. Yo. She really was a legend. I'm talking about in, in, in the hood, like mm. everybody came from politicians to D-boys, mm. everybody. She had like 2,000 people mm-hmm. at her funeral because she fed the block for real. She put 10 pounds of red beans on every day in right. addition to cooking our dinner, and that was for whoever was hungry. Wow. Her door was never locked. So um, I kind of, like, took her spirit on the older I got, mm-hmm. you know, cooking for everybody and trying to just be there as best as I could. You know, I ain't going to kick you when you're down. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to hate on you. My grandma said you got to always be clear about your hell yeah and your fuck no. And so I try to be very clear about that. And, and now my family members, even the older ones, they treat me like I'm the matriarch because my grandmother was definitely that for us. But I ain't half the woman that lady was. Right, <laughs> right. Really, really, she was the truth. So, so so, you think this, that this book might maybe potentially go on film or so, your story might one day go on film? 
I hear huffs and puffs, so that means that you're yeah. already in negotiations with Netflix. Oh, that's it's a okay. Lot, it's a lot of stuff going on. Even um, one of the things that I'm about to do with it is a, a like a one-woman show, a monologue, sort of like what Mike Tyson did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be doing that in November at Preservation Hall. Nice. Um, Along with a jazz band because we're going to accompany some music with it. Nice. But, I mean, everybody says, when I'm looking at my comments, like, this is a movie, and they mm-hmm. feel like they know Mama and a lot of people wish they would have met her. Right. So I'm very, very excited about that because I was so close with her. Yeah, Dang. absolutely. Like it starts here. Yeah, oh I'm telling you, that's that was my girl. I can't <laughs> wait to crack it open. No, that's tight. That's so before tight. you ride out here, let's talk a little bit about some New Orleans lingo, right? Let's break it down for some of the people out there. Let's let's start with the classic. All right. You heard me. Now we it should be it's one plus one equals two. Right. You're, we know what it means. Right. You heard me, right? Right. That's just it. Nothing else to it? Okay. Oh, wow. There is more to it. All right, let me adjust my seat. Not even, it's not that it's more to it, but it's it's just uh, the way you say it, it could mean different things. Wow. You heard me could mean, did you hear me? And you heard me could also mean I meant that. So, like, if I say, I don't mess with them, you heard me, that right. mean, look. Right. Don't bring them around me. So that's kind of like in Atlanta on my mama. Yeah. On God. Okay. On God. On God. Okay. I got one. So the term Wody, right? I was told that I guess that the origin of it came from the wards, I guess. Yeah, the wards. Yeah. 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 yeah all right. Because Uptown say Wody. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, P, baby, uh, Everybody from uptown except me, Manny Fresh, mm. Mr. Magic. We was from downtown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, Wardy is broad to them. Okay. Yeah, so if they call you Wardy, they're just calling you bro. But most people from uptown say Wardy, uh-huh. you know. Now, uh, people from downtown, they say Michi. Michi, I bet, bet, bet. We heard that. <laughs> we heard that in some yeah. raps, yeah. When cool, I say, cool. all right, little Michi. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then, and then a couple of dishes in here where we where we learn how to make pecan candy. Yes. Woo. Okay. Beignets. Okay. You don't have to go to Cafe Du Monde when you go to New Orleans because you can make your own beignets. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Dirty then gumbo, of course. Yes. Dirty of rice. course, Mia X yes. has a version gumbo of gumbo. Gumbo is in there. Yeah. Dirty rice is in there. Aye. Jambalaya. Ooh, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to eat good this coming soon. These holidays, we're going to eat good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's what's up. Well, you got anything you want to say to the fans and the people out there before you ride out Mia X? I just want to shout everybody out that's been supporting me. You know, I, I got in the game in, in 92, and um, and then I left the game in 99, and my fans are very, very loyal, mm-hmm. and I'm forever grateful to them for that because mm-hmm. I realize, you know, people, you can spend your money with whoever you want. Right. You can support whoever you want. So to have people supporting me, whether I put music out or not, I am forever grateful because we are now in a fickle industry right. where, you know, you'll see people champion championing for somebody and then, like, almost cheering for the downfall at Build the same up to time. Tear them down. Like you, you just had that, them tattooed on right. you. Now you making memes. So I'm not really used to that. And, and being that my fans are, um, you know, 
true and true all the way with me. I'm so thankful for that. Right. So right. I just want to thank everybody, especially the people in the ATL, because when I tell you, and man, a ride yes. for me, and I feel so good about there that. There will be no us without you. Absolutely. We we rock with the whole New Orleans music scene. Only thing we don't like are the Saints. The Saints. That's, 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 that's what happens. It's like, you know, it's like when when a family get together, and then, you know, when the family have a fight, when everybody get drunk, that's yeah. the Saints. Yeah. Man, yeah. Uh, as far as the Falcons and the Saints. Yeah. But the people have uh, nothing but love for each other. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Y'all cool. Absolutely. You know, y'all y'all cool really, too. you know, y'all really inspired a lot of people with what y'all did. Music. Absolutely. But we, we know a lot of, you know, we know a lot of the, the ATL natives, you know, because mm. I know a lot of people have moved here. Mm-hmm. But we know a lot of, a lot of the natives. And, yeah, it's like a big family. Like, right. I can remember this was at least 35 years ago, maybe 40 years ago, when the uh, Falcons beat the Saints. And it sounds so good, doesn't it? Shut up. <laughs> that ain't going to happen no more, baby. But anyway, picture this here. Our mayor, our mayor had to push y'all mayor in a wheelbarrow through the French Quarter. Oh, wow. They, they had a bet. Uh, uh, Ernest Dutch Moriel was our mayor. That was so, so, so funny wow. um, that that happened like that. Hmm. Wow. So this has been going on for years. Man. From day one. Wow, like, day one. I, like, Way, way back. Word. Day one. Okay. Before we was even here. Probably. History yeah. lesson. No, like, really, when our great-grandparents, you know, yeah. like, this has been going on. Like, we have a song. I know this record has to be, like, 45 years old. And you hear this man saying, I don't care how many they lose as long as they beat Atlanta. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the rivalry is real. Hey, learned a lot today. That's right. what's up. Big up to Mia X. Make sure you check out her book. Where can I get the book? So you can get uh, the ebook on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can get a physical copy from our website, teamwhipthempots.com, mm-hmm. and dem is spelled D-E-M. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, tell me what you think. I'm going to sign it for you. I have signed Please. hundreds and hundreds Please. of books. Oh, my goodness. Please. But I sign every book because I am truly grateful. Yes. Well, we're grateful for having you here on Hood Rich Radio yes. today. You're welcome anytime. Give it up to Mia X. The Legends. 96.7 to me. Hood Rich Radio. Keep us locked. It's Hood Rich Radio. <clears throat> All right. Let's uh, try to figure it all the way out. Are you Facebooking or we're just recording? No, ma'am. Only audio. Only audio. Yeah, it's uh, winecellarmedia.com. Um this Ben Shapiro again. I'm going to take an active interest in this. You only take an active interest because you like the way he sounds. He's got that, that. That kid's got a fucking voice on him, doesn't he? What the hell is that thing? <coughs> All right. So yeah. Now Ben Shapiro does not like anti-Semitism, correct? Yes, ma'am. No. No, he doesn't. I'm, ch- I'm also checking your decibels. As you oh, oh, I was like, why are you looking at me so hard? That would be why. Also, I just knocked your shirt into the cat food, so that happened. That's neat. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think I would ever have to say that in my life. Yeah, I'm knocking clean laundry into the cat litter. That's how you know you're a fucking a, a leftist podcaster. Whew. Oh, not, wait, cat litter or cat food? Oh, cat food, my bad. <laughs> I said cat litter the second time, didn't I? I was like, oh, that's not my shirt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the cat because there's a bag right here on the side, <clears throat> and I just knocked it into the bag. Oh, whoop de boop de boo! Oh, that's right, because when we tried to keep it in the cabinet, <coughs> light right. skin killmonger, Mace, because that's how we name cats. Mace, you mean? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. 
So this, there's no audio to this. Oh, but it's okay. uh, it is this Shapiro, and uh, he has accusations. All right. Mm-hmm. So Ben Shapiro's <laughs> a right wing commentator, editor in chief of the Daily Choir. Well, Ben Shapiro went and wrote himself a little op ed for uh, what? You do not like Ben Shapiro op eds? I do not. No, no. Why not? Because I don't like Ben Shapiro. This week, the world marketed the 75th anniversary of liberation of art. Of one of humanity's darkest chapters. Oh, that's fun. It just straight up started playing Fox News. (laughs) That Brett Bear cat. Jesus Christ. That guy, he's going to fucking shave his damn skin off. He looks like, like a counterfeit Christopher Reeve. He's, he's got a look to him. Yeah, like, Republicans be trying to look way too generic. And you just end up looking like you were made out of Play-Doh. You just don't look real. So, uh, so his op-ed on uh, Fox News, which they titled, Ben Shapiro, Radical Leftist, Omar Talib, Willfully Ignore the Real Meaning of Hashtag Never Again. Okay. <laughs> This week, the world marketed the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz by Allied forces during World War II. Politicians of all stripes dutifully tweeted <coughs> hashtag never again. All right. But Ben Shapiro goes on to say that uh, that many of the same politicians continued um, to forward the worst sort of anti-Semitism mm. blithely. Ignoring the fact that anti-Semitism isn't a relic of the past, but a thriving part of the present. Take, for example... Yo, I can't wait. Representative Ilhan Omar. Oh. I thought they were going to mention maybe like a synagogue shooting or something. No. It's Ilhan. Maybe that time Trump said that the Jews were making it up and there weren't actually an increase in hate crimes? It's Ilhan. Uh, Proud Boys. Omar. I want to write a long ass rap and just call it Real Hand Flomar. <laughs> uh, wait, maybe it was when. Um, hmm, let me see. Let me see. The real anti Semitism would be not Ilhan Omar. No, not Ilhan Omar. I think we can do better. It's Ice Cube. It's Ice Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube and that no Vaseline. He said, uh, fucking, you let a Jew break up my crew. Oh, I thought you were going to say Snoop with the keep it in the family. He fucking did. He just, that's just out there. That's like, yeah. and it's not like it has like 15 views. Like it's a, it's a big record. It's Snoop smoking weed and rapping with his sons. Yeah. And he says, um, th- this is actually from that Snoop record. Me and my two boys keep the money in the family. Jew boys. He just straight up says that. But I mean, some people really did try to get at him on, on social media for being anti-Semitic about that, but it just didn't go anywhere. Because ultimately, no. everyone's like, "But how isn't it an insult to keep money in your family?" <laughs> like, you know, that was a uh, kind of the counter argument everyone kept bringing, so it, it really didn't go anywhere. But um, no, the real anti-Semitism would be when people follow Ben Shapiro when he's taking his kids to school and call him Jewy McJewstein. Wait, aren't they also right wingers? Yes, probably armed. Possibly. And he's a right winger? Yes. He chose to be on that side? Doesn't he want to walk to school with armed guards that acknowledge his intersections? They are acknowledging his intersections. (laughs) 
Ben Shapiro's intersect. He's intersectional. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> I'm, I'm calling him that forever now. Intersectional. Yes. Yes. <laughs> intersectional Shapiro. Okay. A dark-skinned <coughs> white man. Dark-skinned white man. Hmm. So, Ben Shapiro recognizes that it's <coughs> Real Hand Flomar, who has in the past two years alone sponsored an anti-Semitic resolution that likened boycotts of Israel to boycotts of Nazi Germany, rejected a Democratic-sponsored spo- Democratic resolution backing a two-state solution in order to chide, Trump, chide the Trump administration and Israel because the revolution wasn't radical enough and repeatedly suggested that Jewish money manipulates American foreign policy on Israel. I mean... Well, that, well, that's the thing. Israel's, that's not Jewish money. That's <laughs> not Jewish money. Okay. Remember how much money America gives Israel? It is American money. <laughs> it is unpatriotic. That's why it's unpatriotic to criticize Israel. Yeah, you got to think how much of American money is basically just stolen from the workers. That's illegal money. Yeah. So you have to launder it. Ah. So Israel's basically just a big laundering center. Yeah, I want someone to just isolate that. that. Yeah, put it, it out there by itself. There are so many questionable things that we have said if it were to just be like clipped out and given without context. William called Israel one big bank. <laughs> well, I know we have this this Federal Reserve over here. Nah, fuck it. Facts are silly. Who needs them? <laughs> now Ben Shapiro's wise <coughs> and continues. Of course he is. And now he has to critique. So he laid out the facts. Mm-hmm. Now here's the critique. I like how he didn't, because that's the, the thing in this era, right, is when you write an article, you just embed like 18 screenshots. He didn't include a single screenshot of any of her tweets that she was allegedly talking about these things she's saying about Israel. Because if you actually go back and read them, they don't match up with what he's saying. But if you know your fan base isn't going to fact check, who gives a fuck? Um... That's the thing. See, if he puts her tweets up, that's kind of like um, like that that one cat I was uh, talking with, Scotty Reed, <coughs> yes. who uh, we might be losing in the podcast world. I like Scotty Reed, but we have uh, some disagreements. And uh, like how he's never actually listened to a gangster rap record because he doesn't want to infect his ears with that, but yeah. he can still critique it having never heard it. Yes. You see, Ben Shapiro does not want to infect his viewers' minds uh-huh. with those tweets. Uh-huh. So it's better that he, with his Shapiric, <laughs> intersectional eyes, look into the sun, turn back to you, tell you what it looks like, and then remind you that he's hashtag not your mule. Ben Shapiro is not your mule. He's not big enough to be a mule. That's, don't make fun, don't, don't be sizest. Don't be... <laughs> doesn't count if it's against a benter sectionalist that's one of his benter sections <laughs> <laughs> when you're a short man nah. uh-huh what what it's it's oppression it's not he's not oppre- he's fine look at, look at marco <clears throat> rubio yeah things aren't going well for him really is he still a millionaire no. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, okay. It's not that he's a millionaire. He's just successful. <laughs> you see, Bernie Sanders 
has demonized the millionaire and the billionaire. So now it's a slur. We prefer to be called successful Americans. Successful Americans. Yeah. Nice. Don't call me a billionaire. (laughs) Those are my builder sections. (laughs) (laughs) This is what this podcast is going back to. Let's do it. Let's do 2015 again. Just talk. Just get on and talk shit. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. It with no booze. No booze weekend. Phoenix is, is excited. She is not jazzed. No, she's stoked. <sighs> not stoked. Too pumped to be stoked or jazzed. <clears throat> yeah, okay. All right, so uh, here's the critique of the facts that uh, Binter Section laid out. Mm. Her anti-Semitism was so palpable that the Democrats were forced to debate <laughs> and then water down a resolution condemning her anti-Semitism. Still... Omar tweeted, quote, Today and every day, we must redouble our efforts to confront anti-Semitism in all forms of religious discrimination and say hashtag never again, end quote. Wait, what was wrong with that tweet? Okay, let's take a look at it. Let, let's take a look at it. Without even looking <coughs> at Benter's sections, what he says, I'll break it down for you first. It says today and every day. See, it doesn't say the days before today. <coughs> uh-huh. See, so that's... That that that's the slippery slope of ignoring the past. Uh-huh. You see, so in that respect, Rashida Talib is actually a Holocaust denier. You Don't see. So that today and every day and not acknowledging the days before. Really? Okay. That's no good. <clears throat> and then they continue to say, we must redouble. That like that's like saying you want to do it again. It's like mm-hmm. she wants another Holocaust. Redouble our efforts to confront anti-Semitism and all forms of religious discrimination. Like, why do we see? Why does she have to all religions matter? It. Maybe she meant the Palestinians. That's anti-Semitic as fuck. <laughs> that is like Palestine is anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sadly, there's people who would agree. They're like Palestine Semitic. Palat really yes wow. <clears throat> all right it's their palatal sections <laughs> uh all right um now he's gonna break down Rashida <coughs> Talib's anti-semitism oh okay yes or how about representative Rashida Talib's uh she tweeted I like, I like in the article it has D and then um, M-I-C-H for Michigan, but then a question mark. Like, were you not sure when you posted the article? Don't worry about that. <laughs> See? <laughs> you worry about stuff that isn't important. It doesn't matter. Where she's from. That he's just guessing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how you, I mean, think about it. Has anyone who ever won the lottery not did it by guessing? You don't guess, you don't win the lottery. Boom. Uh, that seems like a bad idea. If you win the lottery, you become a millionaire and you can have <laughs> milter sections. Okay. And that means, like, people try to stop your money from being speech. Uh-huh. Which that's it rude. is. That's, like, that's oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag McCutcheon. Yes. All right. He continues. Um, how, uh, question mark. She tweeted a story about how a Holocaust survivor visiting Auschwitz and added, quote, May we honor them by sharing stories like these. Stories about Auschwitz? 
Yeah. That's that's not honorable. That's see, that's problematic. How are these bad tweets? Let's see. We're <coughs> stories like these, comma, hashtag never again allowing hate to flourish. What's oh, so they're saying like it's bad to hate the people that perpetuated <coughs> Auschwitz, so she doesn't want to hate Nazis? Hmm. Okay, sure. I'm I'm sure that's what she's saying. That's what I'm getting from this tweet. Mm-hmm. Allowing hate to flourish and committing to and speaking out against anti-Semitism and all forms of hate. She had to all hate matters it. All hate matters, yeah. All religions matter. All hate matters. Yeah. All people matter. Mm-mm. This is Ben Sajanor. <laughs> and it's, they need to stop being Ben Sajanist. Um, no. <laughs> I'm a Bisandrist, actually. I kind of want to just end the episode there. Where do you go from there? Do you even... I don't know. Let me light up another joint and we'll find out. God, you can't... There's nothing <laughs> left after that. Uh, fucking... So, those are the facts. Mm-hmm. Now the critique from Benter's section is uh, just two days before that tweet, Tlaib... I think I said Tlaib earlier. Tlaib... Yeah. Uh, put out a now-deleted retweet of anti-Semitic blood libel. You dramatic-ass motherfucker. Uh, how? <coughs> Are you trying to see your... Blood libel? Really? Yes. Blood libel? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yes, anti-Semitic queen. Yes. <coughs> and, um, blood libel, quote... Heard of violent hashtag Israeli settlers, end quote, of kidnapping a seven-year-old boy and drowning him in a well. I mean, but if it happened, how's that blood libel? What is blood libel? It's like a special kind of defamation. I mean, he's doing it to be overly dramatic and Jewish. (laughs) What? Yeah. <clears throat> blood, blood libel is a special type of defamation. <coughs> so, like a strong disrespect. It's a strong disrespect, but I'm going to double check. I do believe it's also used usually in like a religious context. Um, yeah, yeah. Peace leader is looking it up. Look, looking it up. Peace leader, looking <clears throat> it up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was early Christians too, but apparently it was just Jews. So false and uh, false accusations being perpetuated uh, against Jews, in particular saying that they were murdering uh, children outside of their particular areas. So basically, like, the Jews are coming and kidnapping our children and killing them. For some reason, I thought this was somehow tied to the early church, too, but apparently not. Well. So, <clears throat> yeah, he's doing it to bring in the, like, by the way, I'm Jewish, so I'm, like, the final spokesperson on anti-Semitism, even though I'm a right-winger. and It's identity politics. Identity politics. <laughs> <laughs> there was somewhere that it could go. Vince Andrew forever. All right. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> so he's saying that this story's a lie. Yeah. So let's see. So that means he's going to bring the truth that's definitely not from any biased sources. And he's going to link those sources, I'm sure, in this. Yep. So here's the truth. In reality, the boy was eight years old, which I guess... A year older, like eight years old is a it's, good that's year. That's a whole for, other thing. That's a that's a grown man in Palestine. He could, he could be like um, recruited to the Spartans. I've I've seen him <laughs> at eight years old. That means you were four twice. <laughs> you were two whole times. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Four mm-hmm. two times? Yeah. Shit, man. So eight years old and apparently had drowned after slipping into a <laughs> pool of rainwater in the Biatena neighborhood. Apparently, so there's video maybe. I'm lo- I'm actually googling it right now. Oh, Phoenix Blue. Which also took a little longer because uh, they did not include this boy's name, which you know would have helped. <clears throat> oh, his uh, name is uh, the the boy. No, that's a movie that they're making a sequel to. No, that that's what you call the darkies of your community. They're boys. <laughs> I mean, you might. <coughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. So it does say he drowned. Um, and they said he went missing for a while. Um, <clears throat> his family thought he was kidnapped. See, what I'm really trying to get to is <coughs> who's um, framing this. Because they keep saying the police said that it was apparently an accident. He slipped and fell in the water. And it's always Israeli police, isn't it? I think so. Like, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I'm like, well, I'm, you know, going to have more doubts. You see, and we got, like, like white folks in America that will know, like, <coughs> oh, yeah, the police are probably lying about that black dude. Right. And it's like, apply that same logic to the Israeli police about a Palestinian. They're probably lying about him. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're cops, too. A cab means the Israeli police too, just like that meme that we uh, reshared from WineCellarMedia.com on the Facebooks. That uh, it has that character Andy from Toy Story yeah. when he's like dropping Woody, <laughs> and it says, uh, <coughs> and when Andy realizes A cab means Woody too. Mm-hmm. All right, it means uh, Israeli police too, all police. So, all right. I guess this is a make up your own mind, but I've already made up my mind where I am on this. <clears throat> Doing some more research just real quick here. Um, Taleb did make that tweet saying that uh, Israeli settlers kidnapped and drowned the boy. Um, she eventually did remove the tweet, but <clears throat> please don't give me notifications right now. Um, <clears throat> however, the tweet itself that she retweeted was something that was tweeted by someone named Hanan Ashrai, who is a Palestinian official who was, quote, tweeting an account called Real Seif Batar, which said Israeli settlers kidnapped and assaulted the child and threw him into a well and said, my heart is just shattered. So, yeah, and apparently when police first showed up, the parents told them that the boy was kidnapped. And then after police found the body, police said the parents reversed the claim about him being kidnapped. But again, just considering who's Israeli and who's Jewish and the sort of conflicts in the area, I kind of, you know, I would like independent verification outside of the police. You know, the Chicago police and the Chicago Fire Department <coughs> had a little competition. <laughs> tell a story. I have to tell that story. It's a long yeah. joke. Yeah, do um, it. Fans, please. I'm not a joke. Because I, I joke about it, but I'm a, I'm a new Illinois resident. You're the real deal. I, I, not a good joke teller. Um, no, but you know the you know the story. All right, so the Chicago police and I think I said FBI last time uh-huh. or Chicago Fire Department, whatever, had a competi- had a competition to see who was better at tracking suspects. So yeah, it would have to be the FBI because firefighters don't track people; <laughs> they save them. Uh, <laughs> usually, <coughs> oof, not in Compton. Not in Compton. <clears throat> not on the West Side either. Um, <coughs> so. The FBI uh, said, we can track anyone, we can track anything, even a rabbit on a cloudy day. And, of course, pulled out all of their uh, high-end tech 
and, you know, had a bunch of people come and start setting things up and, you know, logging things in and taking things out and went to go find this rabbit. <clears throat> Eventually, it took all day, but the FBI couldn't find the rabbit. They come back at nighttime and say, I guess all our tech didn't work. We couldn't find the rabbit. The next day, it's the turn for Chicago police to try to track another rabbit in the forest. The Chicago police seem relatively unamused and unenthused, unenergetic, <clears throat> and spend most of the morning just sitting around, you know, eating donuts, drinking coffee. And the FBI's like, so y'all going to go find this rabbit or what? And they say, yeah, we're getting to it. And then all the police officers leave. The FBI guys hear this huge kerfuffle. Kerfuffle is such an underrated word in the background. <clears throat> and the police come back with a bear. And the FBI <laughs> says, who is that? And the bear said... Oh, I have to say it too. I thought yeah. you, man, I thought you were going to say it. And then the bear said, I'm the rabbit. And that's just how Chicago police are. So. Yes. They changed their story. Changed their story. The uh, Duke lacrosse team rape victim. She changed their story. Yes. Corrupt. Oh, fuck. He signed with death row. He changed his story. Mm-hmm. The little girl who allegedly cut off her own dreadlocks. Well, yeah, that's what actually happened. Yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep, just a, just a story changing. Yep. A cab. <coughs> yes. This is what cops do. All right. Uh, but fuck. Oh, damn. Yeah. We're, oh, yeah. We're still on. That that all came from this Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're back to Benter section. <laughs> Benter section. And right. so, of course, so that's the story that he went. And he said, uh, Tlaib, of course, is no stranger to Jew <laughs> hatred. In the past two years, she has accused congressional lawmakers opposed to the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement of dual loyalty and hobnobbed with open terror supporters. And she is the bedrock congressional supporter of BDS itself. Both Tlaib and Omar have provided moral support for Hamas, the terror group in charge of the Gaza Strip. Who are these hobnobbing with open terror supporters? Whomst? Like, that's that type of shit. You know, they never fucking say the names. Uh, oh, uh, <coughs> well, then there's Jeremy Corbyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll fucking link this. Um, you know, the most interesting up? thing about this whole piece, though, is that it's about the hashtag never again, but that's only half of the saying. Wait, what again? It's That's only half of the saying. What's the rest? Hashtag never again means now. <laughs> Which gives it a very different connotation. <laughs> Because that's what they were saying when they were uh, when folks were protesting, especially Jewish folks. Jewish folks were pro- protesting at like immigration centers and shit because it was starting with calling the kids that uh, the camps are keeping these kids in concentration camps, and a bunch of Jews showed up and said, "Never again" means now, like, mm. you know. But of course, he's not covering that part because he's still, you know, low key racist and hates immigrants. <laughs> so you know that part's okay, but you know. But let, let's see. This is how it closes. It's easy for the radical leftists and their Islamic allies to spout hashtag never again without the now while proclaiming <laughs> that today's Jews aren't like yesterday's Jews, all of which is why Israel's continued existence provides both a thorn in the side of modern <laughs> anti-Semites and why Israel's continued existence is so necessary. 
vague expressions upset over over an event that took place 75 years ago are no are no substitute for the hard-nosed defense of the Jewish survival that Israel represents. The Jews should remember that when the that when they decide to blind themselves to the real and present anti-Semitism <laughs> of the Omar's Tlaibs and Corbins. Okay. He'd make a great Democrat. Mm. My God, Ben Shapiro is a Democrat. He's I'm a, still a Republican. He's a Democrat. A Democrat? Fuck yeah. No. Yeah. He's a Bentrist. <laughs> That's all you need. WineCellarMedia.com. If you want more radical Bentrism, <laughs> you can go to Patreon.com slash Fund. And get the shit early before <laughs> every the fuck body else on the socialized feed. Radical Bentrism, Wine Cellar Media, patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. Uh, throw a nigga a tip. I still work in a factory. PayPal.me slash Phoenix and William. And Phoenix Kalita <laughs> uses that cash application, yes. which is. Dollar sign mm-hmm. Phoenix Kalita. Yes, Phoenix Kalita. Yeah. You if you're not from Washington. I'm the type of cat that memorizes <clears throat> cash application ats. Yes. Yeah. And that'll be that. Go feed your cat. <coughs> Donald Trump's idea of a good farm program seems to be hee haw. On a recent trip to Wisconsin, he drew guffaws from the state's hard-hit dairy farmers by proclaiming that, thanks to his policies, the farm economy was looking good. We're over the hump, he gloated. Perhaps the Donald thought that farmers are rubes, unable to do simple math. But those dairy farmers were painfully aware that it cost them $1.90 to produce a gallon of milk, but the processing giants that control the milk market are paying them only $1.35 a gallon. That 55 cent a gallon loss quickly adds up to a huge loss of income and a devastating loss of farm families. Wisconsin lost 638 dairy farms last year and another 551 so far this year. Far from over the hump, farm prices have been further depressed by Trump's tariff clash with China. U.S. dairy sales to China fell by 54 percent in just the first half of this year. Meanwhile, Monopoly power is crushing prices. An $8 billion behemoth named Dean Foods now controls 90% of Wisconsin's milk market, empowering it to commit daylight robbery, blatantly stealing farmers' product and farms. Yet, Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue, the one national official who's supposed to stand up for farmers, nonchalantly kissed them off, smugly declaring it natural that the big devour the small, So, he professes, there's nothing he can do for family operators except tell them to go out of agriculture. Jim Hightower saying, time for a change. One who is offering a path to a revitalized family farm-based food system is Senator Elizabeth Warren. Download a summary of her comprehensive proposal for a new farm economy at elizabethwarren.com slash plans slash new farm economy. What do the corporate powers from Wall Street to Walmart have in common? They hate the Hightower Lowdown. You can see why at www.hightowerlowdown.org. All right. WineCellarMedia.com. E.W. Jackson. I first played audio from this cat back when um, 
he was so caught up in his right-wing talking points, he confused himself. And uh, this way back old wine cellar. And uh, E.W. Jackson in the same little mini <coughs> rant, when he was a guest on someone else's program, if I remember right. And uh, he called Obama a Muslim and an atheist. And he had to stop and say, I don't even know how you both of those things. But mm-hmm. he is. <laughs> and when you catch yourself and say, I don't know how, but it is. Like, you're so full of shit. You, you literally confuse yourself. So, yeah. That's E.W. Jackson from the past. Played clips of him before. Uh, this one, the way Right Wing Watch tells us, uh, E.W. Jackson says the left hates Trump because he's too much of a man for them. Whew, okay, yeah. So, bring on some homophobia, transphobia. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say something about like vegans or eating soy. They like that word. Mm-hmm. It's like... I don't know. I think um, here's the irony of soy, to my understanding, is uh, when I was, uh, folks probably don't, I don't have those pictures up anymore, but like uh, when I was exercising heavy, I, the protein powder I had had soy in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're on this whole, which is just weird with them because they're like very into this whole, um, you know, uh, a lot of times like that white nationalist shit where like white men are more masculine than everybody else and like you can know that because of body structure and things like that and they'll be like oh Asian men look weak and then they're on the whole like changing uh, taking hormones doesn't make you a woman trans women can't really be women type of thing but then you talk about soy and all of a sudden Asian dudes aren't masculine because they eat soy and trans women are women because hormones it's fucking weird because like they were freaking out about that um, Burger King um you know, that soy burger they have now. And they were like, it has so much estrogen in it, it's turning men into women. And it's like, what? So yeah, I'm predicting some sort of that to go in with the homophobia and the transphobia that's coming, that weird soy cup thing that they're into. That's why your foundation matters so much. (laughs) Right? Like fucking, Phoenix and I, we have a foundation. Literally as a couple and as fucking podcast colleagues, if you will, we have a foundation met each other on the World Wide Webernets, mm-hmm. and on both our shits it said too far left for the left. This was late, late, like, late December 2013. Yeah. Right before that, uh, I want to say Annie DeFranco. Oh, yes. Right before Annie DeFranco. Yeah. Annie <coughs> DeFranco on a plantation party, mm-hmm. and we had a foundation that we built off of being too far left for the left. And, uh, we were right because that that ended up happening. A lot of folks ended up being too far left for the left, and now the Democrats are not the left anymore. Liberals are not the left anymore. Progressives are the left, and if they jack that word, um, I think the Marxism Today podcast said, you know, just call it the anti-capitalist left. All this yep. stuff you guys want to break down, call it just call those in general the anti-capitalist left. <coughs> Honestly, so if you put anti-capitalism in front of it, you're going to be anti a lot of other stuff that we agree with too, probably. Well, I mean, you kind of have to be, right? Because you can't be anti-capitalism and then, you know, support different types of, um, you know, discrimination, right? Like, a lot of ableism is based on the idea that if you're disabled, you, because you can't work like everybody else, that you have less value. So if you're anti-capitalism and not basing uh, people's worth on how much they can produce or how much they can earn for you, you know, there's a lot of ableism. There's the ability, no guarantee, because people can be assholes, but there's certainly the ability to make it easier to talk about, you know, like, ableism and... 
you know, if you're not anti-capitalist, you don't believe we need a strong, you know, nuclear family unit to, uh, you know, in, keep the species alive, as it were, then you don't necessarily have a reason to be homophobic, right? Mm. You know, you know, and it goes on and on. <clears throat> Except for tankies. Except for, for uh, fuck tankies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fucking tankies. Fuck tankies. Uh, okay. <clears throat> they can't sit with us. And so this is, uh, so we're going to E.W. Jackson. And uh, this, remember, uh, this is so, uh, the left hates Trump because he's too much of a man for them. <clears throat> oh, I- I'm convinced that a lot of this criticism of the president also has to do with his masculinity. All right. He has the best masculinity, believe me. I think he's it is, his masculinity is fluid. <coughs> I, don't I don't think he goes feminine, but I think his masculinity is fluid within itself. Like in his speech style, like he'll go into the and we're gonna bomb the hell out of him, and no, it's gonna be billions and billions. <laughs> <laughs> like he's very Snoop with it. It's it's, it's similar to Snoop. Like Snoop, mm-hmm. come, he comes from that. I could throw him from the shoulders. I don't need no gun to bow wow wow. You be it's that. <laughs> That floating, fluid masculinity. It's It stays masculine, but uh, wavy gravy within itself. Hmm. But not to E.W. Jackson. To E.W. Jackson, to man. Man and the left don't like man. <sighs> left don't like man, right. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. <laughs> He's a man. And you know, the left doesn't like manhood. <laughs> right? At all. At all. Can't fucking stand them can't stand them which and I, I get it like we we talk strains of misandry here and there but jesus christ we don't fucking hate our baby in the living room right who we understand to be a cis boy as now <coughs> right you know but fucking they they they, they don't want to get that they only want to take the um the yes all men Right, the yes all men, but which a lot of those are not even real accounts, which is you know. And there's also there's logic to it anyway. Like there's more of a message to it that you can build yeah. off of that people are obtusely and deliberately ignoring yeah. because it's like the M and M's thing. M and M's in a jar, and three are poisonous. <coughs> so you gonna grab a handful or not? Right. Yeah, and it's like nah, fuck that, fuck all those M and M's. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, and that's but niggas don't want to deal with that. Nope. You know, they're always putting manhood down. Toxic masculinity. White. All right. Manhood and... To- all right, fine. All right. They're Those all the are, same thing. Yeah. But just like... It's just... You know what they say? Manhood, toxic masculinity, men. It's like uh, Alex Jones saying uh, leftist, socialist, communist, democrat. You're like, I, those aren't all the same thing. <laughs> At all. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and tankies. <laughs> and tankies. Goddamn tankies. Hey, men. You know, men are the problem, and and I think the president, frankly, is just too much of a man for them. Oh no, the Democrats seem to really like <laughs> Joe Biden. They do, and he is all kinds <coughs> of stereotypically man. He is. He is. They just they just don't like manhood. I mean, it's it's, and I think that's that's a part of the problem too. That the radical feminists, the homosexuals, the transgenders. All those people all like each other and totally kick it. All <laughs> totally time. friends. Oh yeah, totally radical friends. feminists <coughs> who and maybe trans women. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally hanging out together. Peas in a fucking pod. Mm. Oh, they're like Forrest and Jenny. Oof. Peas and carrots. And and then he just threw in homosexuals when like might be radical feminist folks that are lesbians. So it's different. But I mean, you know what? He he, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't go that Whatever whatever it. bizarre idea they have of, <clears throat> of who we're supposed to be, um, they just they they're not. <laughs> Nigga, you can't even get your transphobia together. He sounds like fucking uh, Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> Wait, let's hear that again now. Wait, let's hear what that in our heads now. Our idea they have of, of who we're supposed to be, um, they just, they're, they're not. Um, they just, they're, they're not. Um, they just, they just, they just, I like it. <laughs> they're not putting up with men who stand well, tall, say, stand I'll up say, straight, boy. and say, look. This- they're not dealing with men who stand all stand <laughs> up straight and say, look, like, uh, what? That's literally, he's describing Obama. Yeah. Very masculine, cis, hetero male that stood up, stood tall, and said, look. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is who I am. This is what I believe. You can like it or you can lump it, but there it is. Because you know, if Obama was was effeminate. You know, I, I didn't even say I, Obama was I, effeminate. I did not know he was gonna. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, Obama was effeminate. Let's hear. You lump it, but there it is. Because you know, if Obama was was effeminate. Effeminate. What the fuck is that? I've never heard this strain of homophobia. <laughs> You know, it's always familiar. good when you find a new strain of homophobia. My goodness. Yet another thing I'm ignorant Over-refined. Of. What? That still sounds homophobic <laughs> to me. It does. And I like the diction in the dictionary definition. Effete trendies from an art college. Oh, yeah. And Alex Coastal Jones. liberal elites. Effete. I think just using that word makes you effete. Which also, oh wow, there is actually, um, okay, so there's actually a couple definitions here. There's also, in addition to that, uh, also seeing as delicate and pampered. Ah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, like Trump? Yeah. Marked by decadence. Like like Trump? Trump? (laughs) Nigga! Having lost vitality. Vitality. This shit is an Alex Jones commercial. It is an Alex Jones. So, like, I feel like he picked that word because it's like everything. It's like the making fun of Barack's sexuality, you know, um, being a coastal elite, but there's the homophobia. This is a bug out. Okay, so elite. Because you know, if Obama was was effete, you know, Obama was, you know, I mean, he was lighting the loafers. You all remember seeing that time with the damn? He had to still says that. He was a little light on his feet. Man, he brought back that flat top and a short set homophobia. God, he brought back that homophobia that would be acceptable on Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel Air. So he's going to talk about Michelle now. Because Michelle was the masculine one. He has a few more seconds. Uh, 
God, that's that. Remember we were binge watching fucking Family Matters and the, <coughs> just the transphobia they would pull out with that Myrtle Urkel character. Oh, God, yes. Woo! That shit was tough to look at. Yeah, like uh, anybody, like uh, I know folks that tune into this program, like it's trans, like if you if you fondly remember the Steve Urkel show Family Matters and you think you want to go back mm-hmm. and watch that, Avoid any episode with the Myrtle Urkel character. Heavy, just <laughs> transphobic is all fuck. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Trigger fucking warning. <laughs> all right. Rising. And and I mean, he oh brother. I mean, he, he looked brother. he looked like olive oil. This nigga said he looked like olive oil. Nigga. <laughs> The black and white character? I guess because he's saying he's so skinny. He is. He's skinny, and that's bad. But he doesn't. Skinny is bad. While they always say they're the party of Lincoln, skinny's bad. (laughs) Don't don't you do it. I know this Phoenix Kalita woman is about to say it's good. What? You're hating. I'm just trying to learn something. Jesus Christ. See, he's saying Skinny's bad. This is actually a pro-Lizzo segment. He's saying, fuck Mr. Boyce Watkins. <coughs> you know, trying to trying to lift uh, a half-pound weight. I'm, I'm trying to lift a half-pound weight? Why the... Just in the context of the hierarchies and caste systems <coughs> and institutions these people support, why would they want the president to lift a weight? Because he has to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, so he has to be strong. Why? Why? Good satirical answers. What the... What? He's what the, the leader onion? of the free world. Oh, man. Yeah, you're gonna write for The Onion. They wrote a whole fucking book, Atlas Shrugged. Fucking right-wingers love that shit. Oh, goodness, man. Like, people know that's what the title means, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do now. I'm probably the only one that didn't know up until recently. <laughs> I doubt that. It was just me. I doubt that. Last few seconds. <laughs> it was it was it was a bar- bizarre thing to watch. I don't know why he allowed it to be filmed. It, I mean, it did not put him in a in a manly light. All right. What? Well, you gotta look. You see, this tall cis hetero male mm-hmm. that was the first of the black uh, black guy in the Harvard Law Review. Yeah. Um, in the context of trophyism. And this is just a fact about Obama in this context of trophies. Remember, Obama likes to wear that I, this is what a feminist looks like t-shirt. Yeah. Was competing with other men in the, the <coughs> church he attends, the yeah. church hierarchy for yeah. Michelle. Yeah, like Michael Eric Dyson and like some other guys, they were all trying to date her at the same time. Of course they were. So in the context of trophyism, <coughs> this masculine male that got the manhood trophy got the highest office office signed off on them drone strikes casually said we tortured some folks and also talked about how there's not enough black fathers and black men need to step up and be fathers (laughs) and supported the um the blue lives matter bill that made killing a cop a hate crime or i think anything you do to a cop a hate crime or defend yourself against a cop a Mm -hmm. hate crime this guy Bad on the manhood there. Very. Yes. Remember? Oh, shit. Remember that old <laughs> shit back when um when he first, in 2009, his first year in, and, like, um 
a cis woman got promoted to a new position, he was like, she's the prettiest one that had that job. Mm. That's not something a cis hetero man would say That's about a woman in the workplace. Ever. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <clears throat> I remember, like, because I remember, like, when he said that, that was, like, shortly after or before that People magazine with the, the feminist t-shirt. I think it was, like, a Superman t-shirt refashioned. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Obama was signing off those feminist drone strikes on those, uh... I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Susan G. Komen was involved. Well... Are the, like the effects of uh like the after effects of bombs dropping car carcinogenified? carcinogenified? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of like fracking. An actual doctor listens to this podcast, <coughs> oh, and God. I just said carcinogenified. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like I know that like three actual educators listen to this podcast, and I said carcinogenified. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time you've said something like that. <laughs> All right. That should be about that. So we're basically uh, going to drop an hour and 12 minute episode on you, Father Muckers, as we move through this shit and try to get back on our fucking podcast game. I think my thing is, it's just like, what do I want to do next? How do I want to take the program next? And mm-hmm. I guess what we just did, been saying conversation radio and... Shit, yeah, we're just tangenting harder. Yeah, it? well, I mean, conversation radio. Um, also, I think we're going to start doing more of the Reddit things, right? The Reddit, uh, am I the asshole? And why they also in relationships, yeah. Yes, yes. Those are good. And, you know, I don't know, or even change it up, like, one day dedicated to news, one day, Ooh. like, talk and, Ooh. you know, I don't know, maybe just have, like, kind of, whatever. Of course, white on white crime, we have not forgotten y'all. Oh, man, <laughs> we need a good cis identity extremist. <laughs> And we actually, we need to go over our own history of mad poopers and just make a compilation. Jesus. How long is that fucking episode going to be? I think we literally may have two hours of mad pooper content. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, because like if, if we've done, I know we've done more than uh, four. We have. And if each one is even almost 30 minutes, we have about two hours of content. Yeah. Of all mad pooper. Y'all need to get it together. But this is literally episode 976. Did we figure out what we're doing for a thousand yet? A thousand? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we are poor, so I'm not against a GoFundMe celebration. Okay. <laughs> what are we GoFunding? Celebrating, nigga. Just oh. Because you need a new thing for your mic. <clears throat> oh, a new popper stopper? <clears throat> a new popper stopper? Don't you also need a new plug-in? I actually just need it. This is my 2004 microphone. So I just, just need, need a to, new microphone. I need to replace it. <laughs> it's 2020. I got this microphone when John Kerry was running. Ugh. Yeah, 2004. I got this microphone when, what, Friends was still on television. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Desperate Housewives was new. Oh my God. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Flip phones were out and like a flat phone with the, but it wasn't like smartphones yet, <clears throat> but yeah. you just didn't have the flip part. You just pushed right. the buttons. That yes. was, the, and camera in your telephone was, nope, that was 2005. Yeah. Oof. 2004. <clears throat> okay. So ago. I guess we're going to go fund a new microphone for this guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. A thousand episodes. Yeah. Been hanging in there. 
working on it. All the way. God. I, like, <laughs> just casual conversation episodes back when it was like 30, 40 episodes. Just a whole episode just talking about Albert Fish. Yeah. Like, what I mean, the fuck kind of shit? <laughs> we could talk about Albert Fish. No, you already have too much facts memorized already. I know you in your documentary watching <laughs> ass. Phoenix Khalid be in there watching these fucking criminal crime kids just binging and crocheting. <laughs> yes. Just crocheting and learning how to <laughs> handle some business. <laughs> I'm out. Okay, winesolarmedia.com. <laughs> PayPal.me slash Phoenix and William. Patreon.com slash winesolarmediafund. What up? Oh, speaking of those shows, though, I do, I'm making a prediction now is that, you know, these Reddit things with the am I the asshole and the relationships? Yeah. In about 10 years, someone's going to do a reboot of a criminal crime show and they're going to be factually based and it's going to be on people who didn't leave those Reddit relationships but asked for advice. Because <clears throat> a bunch of these niggas about to die if what they're posting is true. Oh, God. Yeah. God, dude, if we cover those, those have to be serious segments. I mean, it's definitely a mix of, like, funny ones and serious ones, and it's pretty evident which is which. But, yeah, some of these are like, my boyfriend is doing this weird thing. Should I be worried? And it's like, yeah, you should probably leave. <coughs> yeah, if you if your boyfriend is cis, then you just watch him. Yeah. Just watch, you know, I, I can't monitor him right now. <coughs> I got to go to the factory, but maybe see what's going on. <laughs> I probably won't like him. You don't All like right. anybody. I, I like, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, Parker Hampton, Maddie mm-hmm. Stump, uh, who's the nigga that we were interacting with with, uh, Pam, Pam Getz. Yes. Yeah, Pam Getz, <coughs> Becker Loco, Jan. Yes. Yeah, just some folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We podcast with some folks. We podcast with some folks. All right. Yeah, Becker is actually. On the program. Literally did an hour with Becker. Yes. Just cool in it. Yeah. I think she was crocheting. <laughs> the, yeah, we were on Skype and she was crocheting. <coughs> I remember, yeah, I could see her doing it. Yeah, crocheting's fun. Uh, Shauna Jemai is still one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Yeah, Shauna Jemai is the shit. We need to get uh, Mo to do more bumpers for us. Mo, 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 Australia. Yes. All right. I was like, how she know Mo Green from the hip hop site? <laughs> I don't know Mo Green. No, no, Because, um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. All right. All right, let's get the heck darn out of here. All right, hour and 17 minutes. I don't know if you really needed all that content. Hmm. You don't need to hear us trying to remember people's names. What is that? What is that? What? 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 What is that? All right. What? You're a fucking dork. Turn down the burnitude, all right? A fucking dork. We don't we don't need the burnitude here. All right. Try to try to clovachar it up. Clovachar it up. Yeah. What about Mayor Pete? You're not feeling <coughs> No. You're not you're not feeling the butt? No, I'm not feeling the butt. <laughs> Why don't you <laughs> Cuz even if I was given consent, I don't want to touch it. What? You're tell you're telling me that's not one of the finest pancake asses that a pair of Dockers has slid over? It's not supposed to be a pancake. <laughs> what? It's not supposed to be a pancake. Oh, you on. don't want to see him shake the wiggly waffles? The wiggly nigga. You have problems. Mayor Pete. No. You're not not feeling the butt. <laughs> no, not feeling the butt. <laughs> I am not Nemo. I'm not feeling the butt. 
Bloomberg? Um, fuck no. Bloomberg? No. He's a billionaire. Uh-huh. He has built-her sections. You know that. He has built-her sections. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Did you hear, um... Who was that? Coon-ass trash on MSNBC? Um, Coon-ass trash on MSNBC? Yeah. Um, Joy? Yes. Yeah. Joy and Reed. Did you hear what the fuck she said about Bloomberg? Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> All right. And she says some shit like, um, well, you know, we have to get around him because he has the capability to beat Trump because he was a Republican for so long. So if you want to be able to beat a Republican, you have to know how to fight a Republican and a former Republican can fight a Republican. Like some goofy ass shit like that about why we should vote for Bloomberg because he can beat Trump because they're both Republicans. We already have Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> and Klobuchar. And Elizabeth Warren's a Republican that's been more active. Klobuchar was a Republican, too? I thought so. Uh, I thought one of the early uh, DA races was as a... Oh, Jesus, man. I'll have to double-check that one. Yeah, I think, for some reason, it sounds familiar in my head, but I may be manufacturing a false memory. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there smart that's like, yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I am. But yeah, so we should uh, vote for Bloomberg because a Republican knows how to beat a Republican. Yep, we have our voter registration cards <coughs> reasonlessly laminated. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna go up there and we're gonna burn it down. Yep, with our whole two votes, we're gonna. Two votes. We're gonna, gonna show you how it's done. We're gonna start some stuff. I guess we better take the offspring with him. Show him how it's done. Take take the boy. Yes. Show him how it's done. Be like, look at this. <clears throat> Fill in that bubble. You just saved the world, fuckface. <laughs> oh, no. That's how you raise them. <laughs> it takes a little more than that. Nah, it's not too complicated. <coughs> just a little more than that. Show them how to vote and not to run into shit. That's a lot of what you're doing. <laughs> See? What? That's why you need more fathers in the household. Is that this is why? <laughs> we break it why? down. Unsupervised men. Huh. Show them how to vote and not run into shit. Blam. <laughs> hmm. There you go. Parenting. Parenting. Boom. Okay. Boomberg, maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm surprised no one from his campaign has started using that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boomberg. How bad does he want <laughs> Nelly to just redo that song? <laughs> Here comes the Boomberg. <laughs> I can just imagine like a bunch of like wine moms or something, you know, just with like pictures of like little bombs, like putting them on stickers and like handing them out to like 20 year olds who they think are good at vote. Like, get your boom on <laughs> or something. <laughs> I can just see it. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is Bernie better, better win Nevada. That's what I know. Yeah, no rat fucking. <laughs> Which, I mean, of course they will, but. Like they did last time. I still have that fucking... And I hope they don't fucking nominate Pete, because Pete's just not going to fucking win. Like, point blank. Period. I mean, I don't honestly see any of them winning. <clears throat> well, no. And, and I mean, again, like we were talking about his uh, his his pancake back end. Mm-hmm. He's not taking on the Trump with that. We've seen Trump in his twerking shorts on that tennis court. We have. Yeah. We have. Trump will fucking, he is going to throw that fucking pole up on that stage and break the house down. You don't want to see Trump work the pole? No, I don't want to see Trump work the pole. I don't want to see Trump do anything. I would like to see him late at state. What if he puts the hat on backwards <coughs> no. when he does it? No. You don't want to see Trump with his hat on backwards? No. 
what about like backwards but kind of tilted? No, that wh- kind of crooked. What is he fucking Magic Mike now? No. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. <laughs> no. All right, I have. Yeah, this is just irresponsible at this point. This is. <laughs> Like, there might be someone taking it to, like, oh, maybe, maybe Trump has a chance if he does that. <laughs> I just want someone to at me on Twitter and be like, yeah, we listened to the end of that ridiculous bullshit. It was just 25 minutes of fuckery. Let me know. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was constructive, wasn't it? It was not constructive. Nobody cares about thinking about Trump on a stripper pole. That's not constructive. Yes, no, it is. No, no. Yeah, so Phoenix Collider thinks that that is a pretty good fact-based fact. All right, winesellermedia.com. A- actually, going, I'm just going to hit fucking 